As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one, the only, Boot Scoot Magoots. What's up, dude? I think you've used that one before, but I, I still like it. I don't think I like use it. Boot Scoot. Uh, poop Shoot, maybe? Poop Shoot Mag- No, I, you're still Poop Shoot Magoots in my phone from oh, okay. high school. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. I figured you may have used one of those before, but used to hear in the mall, but anyway... I'm feeling a lot better this week. Feeling great. No longer sick. A uh, lot of high energy going on over here. Just, you know, feeling good about everything. Vibes are high for Christmas and we got a show next week. I'm ready to roll. Yeah, I'm pretty fired up too. The birds are 11 and 1. We got our live show, as you just said. We'll get it out of the way right now. Next Thursday is our live show. It's our holiday spectacular. We are doing some episode recaps. We'll let you know earlier in the week what we're going to be recapping. But more importantly, we got some Bravo Lebs coming on. We got Sutton Strax going to make an appearance. We got Crystal Minkoff making an appearance. We got some others that we're not going to tell you. We got to keep it kind of secret, you know. But this is an opportunity for us to interact with you guys. It's fully interactive. You can talk to us. Some of you will be able to zoom in and talk to us. There's an after party where we can really hang out, get to know you. That's what this whole thing's about. It's about you guys, our listeners, doing something where we can finally get to kind of interact with you guys. Yeah, and we're pumped about it. Um, you know, I mean, it's been a wild seven and a half, eight months. I have no idea, but time's flying over here. Uh, and uh, this is a really good opportunity for us to just kind of do something for you guys. Now, obviously, we need your support in this way. Uh, you know, tickets are still available. You go to moment.co slash bros, get your ticket, $10 just to watch the show, and you can continue to watch for seven days after, or if you're not available Thursday night, you can go ahead and fire it up on Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, whatever the hell you want to do. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Wake up with the bros. Wow. Who doesn't want to do that? That sounds lovely to me. We might have another uh, show in the works, a little breakfast yeah, with the bros. Little breakfast with the bros. Stay tuned, folks. But yeah, uh, Fire something together. <laughs> but I'm getting in the holiday spirit. I don't know about you. I, um, so the roof of my house is surprisingly steeper than I thought it was. Yeah. So last year, I went all the way up to uh, put lights on. I actually climbed my wood fire stove chimney to get it up to my roof, which mm-hmm. I don't recommend. Sounds safe. Was not. Get to my roof and realize that, one, heights are scarier when you're older. Yeah. Didn't know that. Two, it's a lot steeper than I thought, like I said. So I'm like, I put them all around the edge of the roof, but I have no intention of going back up there. So I left them for the year. Okay. <laughs> I left them for the year. Was this last year? Last year. Oh, okay. You, All right. You, you can't really see them during the day. No, I honestly, I had no so idea they were there. I climbed up to the, the second tier of my roof, not all the way up to the top, and I plugged it in. I left the incentive cord there so I could just plug it in. Easy, quick work. Go out to the front. I was trying to surprise Dev when she got home. Like, half the fucking lights are out on, so I have to get up there anyway and replace them. Oh, well, at least half of them are out. You didn't have, like, a Clark Griswold moment where just one of them was out and the whole chain reaction happens. I don't think they make lights like that anymore. I don't think so. I God, that would be terrible. But could you imagine if one of them was out, but the whole thing was out, so you had to go through and replace every single one? At least you know which ones are broken. Hold the phone. You think that I would take the time to look at each bulb? I'm going to go buy new bulbs. 
Oh, you would just take it down. Who's out here actually checking each individual bowl? I don't know. If I got nothing to do for the afternoon, I would just take it all down and just sit there and comb through it and just check them all out. That sounds miserable. You can I'll... probably see. Like when a light bulb goes out, you can see the little cannot, filament in there. You can absolutely not tell by looking at it. You just give it. it a little shake and it goes ding, ding, ding. I don't think it's the same. Well... That's I have I a string of lights. We're gonna get them, and we're gonna we're gonna pause the podcast and go figure this out right now. All right, nice and dark out. Yeah, no injuries. I'm sure. <laughs> not really. We're not doing that. As long as we don't injure our voices at this point, we're good. Yeah, the voices are the money makers, baby. Oh yeah. Because of the lack of a TikTok or any videos last week, we skipped our rose and thorn. So I'm stoked to get back to a little rose and thorn action with oh, you. Oh yeah. As usual, I'll let you go first. Oh, you're going to let me go first? I, he, Do I go first? You, you were very fired up about yours, so I kind of want you to go first. Okay. Start us I'll off switch high. it up. I'll switch it up. I'm going to start. All right. So here's my thorn. And I saw this like a little while ago uh, on Reddit. And I forgot that it was on there. And I just like, we, I was looking through my phone to see my rose and thorn for the week. And I scrounged it up and I got excited. Because, I always forget that we have a Reddit thread somewhere. Yeah. There's, there's a few. And like one, it was in regards to our holiday spectacular. That's coming great. Up. So the post is simply titled, Join the Brav Bros for their Holiday Spectacular. It explains a little bit of what we're doing. Somebody commented on it and said, Oh my God, you're a straight man who watches Bravo? You need your dick sucked? What can I do for you, King? Like, seriously, these men have nothing interesting to say, as if we're not already drowning in content covering Bravo already. Not that I'm complaining, as long as something interesting is being presented. Like, who's the target audience for this? Who's enjoying this? I'm a little confused because wouldn't like a dick suck be a reward? So we're doing a good job. It's I think it was more like one of those like, oh, what do you want a fucking cookie? The real question is who posted the original? I don't know. So that's cool. We've got people doing work for yeah, us. I don't know. who it was, You're not getting but, paid, whoever it is, but but just vicious comment out of nowhere. I don't. It started off good, I think. Like, like you're a straight, like we see a lot of those where it's like, oh, you're a straight guy that watches Bravo. Like, this is great. Do you want your dick sucked? It's like, whoa. That's a reward. But then he goes into negatives. So I'm confused. Wait, so at the beginning of that post, you're like, oh, cool. <laughs> I, I was like, did you mix it up and it was a rose? <laughs> no. It's like, this is a pretty weird rose. Uh, absolutely not. But it just, it caught me off guard. Like, uh, we're just putting on a fucking show. Jesus. Don't buy a ticket if that's your stance. Yeah, right? People are weird. You don't have to crucify us. Anyway, that leads me to my my rose and i was going to do a different rose but this i like this one better so from echo does radio green shirt i was wearing a green shirt in the video yeah green shirt i don't know who raised you but you get it and that gives me a chance to shout out my mom because she's awesome and <laughs> well, we love you gail <laughs> yeah gail you're the best and echo does radio kudos to you for recognizing that my mom's the shit gail you're the best. That reminds me of a rose a couple weeks ago where they were, uh, somebody said that we were raised correctly and they wanted to give us a hug. Oh, yeah. Really nice. Yeah, we're going to keep calling out when, when you guys bring that up. Yeah, you bring up our parents in a good way. In a good way. In a good right? way. You fucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll just, let me just stumble into mine anyway. I'm going to start off with a rose. This comes from Cleverly Chloe. Once again, my boys find themselves on the right side of history. Woo! Always. Yeah, Cleverly Not Chloe always, has but... been... She's been part of the crew since like day one. She's like a brav bro G. She's been commenting since way back. So cleverly, Chloe, thank you so much for the support. Well, that's good because I like to shout out the people that are always positively interactive. And if you're not positively interactive, it's okay. Give us a little bit of shit. We'll, we'll respond. But as long as it's fun. not always negative and annoying. Yeah. You yeah, got some funny shit. We yeah. like funny shit. Yeah. So going into the thorn, oh. this is kind of, it's a little funny. Uh, 
these two frat house looking guys talking about RHOP is wild to me. Frat house looking guys. Look, I saw that one too, and it was going to be my thorn. I was like, you know what? I don't even want to touch that one. But did I feel a so certain way? So you went way? for the dick sock. I went for the, for the D. I went for the D. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Weird pivot, but all here's right. Here's my thing. I have been not a frat guy since forever. That, and neither have I. Neither of us were in frats. No. Let's just I got in a lot of fights with fraternity guys yeah, in college. Yeah, dickheads. Yeah, I was not a fan. So you don't know us, sir. Yeah. You no. have no idea what you're talking no, about. No, we are way better than frat yeah. guys. And my backwards hat is not slightly aloft like a frat man. Oh, yeah, shit, I'm I wearing do. a vest. It's okay. Yeah, it's irrelevant. All right, that's besides the point yeah. that maybe we're wearing two things that do resemble some kind of fraternity men. At some point, maybe we'll get into the interesting nuance that is frat versus bros, but not today. That is actually a that. good point. We will at some point have a seminar in which we break down what the difference is between a frat boy and a bro. Because bros are cool, man. That's another special. Yeah. Learn, learning with the bros. Learning with the bros. We're just throwing out all sorts of stupid yeah, shit. Yeah, whatever's going to stick. <laughs> And that takes us to the Bravo news portion. We got some things popping off this week. I feel like we cannot go one week without hearing from the Beverly Hills crew. It's impossible. Yeah, we can't so, escape it. No, we can't. And I don't think we ever will. So it's just time to embrace it. Those ladies are a part of our lives forever. But we had the People's Choice Awards. And I don't know if you saw any of the clips from it, but it's pretty funny to I see. I did, yeah. Yeah, like Kyle was filming herself. And like, why would they stick Kathy next to Eric? And she like pans the phone. And it's those two awkwardly sitting next to each other. But Kathy stole the show because while she was on stage, Mariska Hargitay was presenting a fucking award. Kathy's looking through her purse to apply lip gloss oh, while yeah. presenting an award on stage. Like, at least she's consistent. I'll give her that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not exactly the Oscars, but... I'll no. still, you know, give it to Kathy for that one. And it is funny because during that, you can see that they're all sitting together. It seems like everybody's kind of happy. And it always makes me genuinely think, do these women really like each other? And some of it is a show and it just kind of plays on TV. I don't know. But it made me think. I had that thought until I saw Rinna's video and she ends it with looking at the camera and saying, it's so fucking awkward and I'm so here for it. Yeah, well. So it's still it it's still not great. The vibes in Beverly Hills are still not cool. The ladies are still feuding. It she was, needs to go back to a social media break because she should have been on a break for forever. She should yeah. be indefinitely suspended from any social media interaction because it's brutal. She's not even funny on there. She's just ranting like a lunatic. Still in Beverly Hills, we finally get a price tag on Erica Jane's earrings, and they are well below what we thought they were, and they were purchased officially for two hundred and fifty k. Yeah, and, and it came out last week that they were actually valued at like three fifty. And what was she saying? One point three. She was saying seven fifty per earring. Yeah. So one point five. I mean, we should have just known that she was inflating the price I because did it's know. who she fucking is as a you, person. Did you really think they I were... didn't think they were that high, but like I didn't think they were that low, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I thought it was somewhere in the earrings. I thought there was somewhere in the middle where they were like, All right, maybe they were they actually get appraised for like 600 but then they sell for like 4 No, they got appraised for 350 and dropped down to 250 And you would think that like, this kind of just puts things in perspective where Erica is clearly not as polarizing of a person as she thinks she is. Because if she was a little more famous, a little more polarizing, they would have gone for a lot more because there's a lot of controversy surrounding these earrings. Yeah, Somebody's going to pay a top dollar for that just to be like, oh, I've got Erica's fucking earrings. No. It's not. Nobody really cares about your stupid. Oh, earrings. that's a good point. So two fifty just for the diamonds, which the diamonds are probably worth two fifty, if not more. 
but nobody gives a shit. So suck it, Erica. The last thing that we need to talk about, because I'm confused. They dropped it out of nowhere and it came via Instagram and just a weird ad. The Traitor. Yeah. Okay, so for those of you that don't know what the game Among Us is, it's like a video game in which you, you try to figure out one person in the crew is an imposter and he kills everybody in the crew. And your goal is to, if you're not the imposter, find out who that is before he kills you. That's what this seems like. It's pretty much the premise for this show. And, and I had to look it up because, one, I wanted to know what it was about. Because we got, like you said, we got like a cryptic ad where it was, uh, I think it was Brandy Glanville, Kyle, Kyle uh, someone from Below Deck, and I forget who the fourth I, person I'm not sure. It, it, oh, it was the guy from Shaza Sunset. Oh, and Reza. Yeah. And, um, and then it was just the four of them. And it just said, find out who the traitor is. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Here, there's a show in the UK on BBC called The Traitor, and there's no celebrities on it. It's sort of like a Big Brother-esque type of show where there's a bunch of people in a house that live together, and slowly but surely, each night, the traitors will kill somebody off, fictionally, of course. And although it would be electric, it would be a much different show if it was I would tune in. (laughs) I would absolutely tune in at that point. Yeah, why not? Some Hunger Games shit? Absolutely. Why not? But... They're bringing it to the U.S., and I guess they're going to mix in some normal people with the celebrities, which will be interesting to see how they interact. Because Wait, I like feel like civilians, yeah, like actual oh. people. Now I can see like Kyle interacting with a normal person, fine. I can't see like Brandy talking to somebody who works in marketing in some like weird obscure company. They're just like not on the same level, and she thinks that she's much higher up than a lot of people. So it'll be interesting to see there, but I feel like if it's not really that fun and captivating, it's probably going to die off pretty quickly. Yeah, but for what you just said, I'm now interested in watching. To watch Brandy, I should have done the marketing. It, we should be on the fucking show. I know. That, I would go on that show. We're normies. Yeah, we're <laughs> just a couple of normies going on the <laughs> show. But I'm actually kind of excited to watch it. I like that it's a completely different direction for these people. Like, it's nothing that we've seen before with Bravo celebrities. It's it's normal people interacting, like you said, which could be fucking hysterical. Yeah. Like, I, you really haven't seen a juxtaposition of real-world people interacting with Bravo lebs, not in, like, a BravoCon setting or, like, a celebrity appearance. You haven't seen them just be, like, living with normal people. So that yeah. could be really fucking fun. And it will be... Uh, I did see that there's a couple of people who were in either Big Brother, Survivor. Uh, Ryan Lochte's going to be in it. Which, really? Yeah. It, the biggest idiot in the world, yeah, maybe. A, yeah. like, definitely a top three big idiot in the world. So, I don't know. It could be kind of fun to watch for a couple episodes just to throw on just to see what's going on. But overall, I don't think I can see myself watching the whole thing and being happy with it. Okay. Well, we'll take notes. We'll take note of how we feel before we go into it. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll at least touch on the first two episodes on here. And barring how it does, we'll either continue with it or fade off into the sunset. Yeah. We'll pick. We'll let you guys pick, really. But that takes us. That's a great transition into another new show. We are not doing Winter House this week. It seems to be kind of the same shit every week. Yeah, um, it's dying off. I, I should have stuck to six episodes. I'm yeah, you. I agree. I agree with you. And, and I was actually kind of into it for the first five. And then it's just, it's wearing on me. I mean, everything that you think is going to happen is happening. Like, there's no surprises. It's all just really kind of annoying now that mm-hmm. I'm over it. So we're going to my favorite acronym. Soho. Nice and easy. Nice and easy. I don't have to like fumble with my words and try to figure out how to turn Salt Lake into an acronym. So 
We are in. So I did actually, I'm kind of bummed that we're not doing Winter House for the sole purpose that after coming up with Soho or hearing Soho, I was like, oh, Winter House is WeHo. So I had WeHo and Soho. Ah, uh, that kind of works. Yeah, it does work. It doesn't kind of work. It does work, but we can't use it. Seven weeks too about, late. Yeah. We're not talking about WeHo anymore. So that sucks, but whatever. But I'll intro this with saying I'm enjoying this show. Yeah, I so like am I. What, what's, your, what's the biggest pull for you? Why is it captivating? Um, honestly, I, I keep coming back to watching Leva as a boss. I'm happy that she's, she's not front and center the whole time. She at least lets the cast, and by cast, I mean, I guess, crew members of her, of her restaurants take center stage. But she's still in it, and I do like that she is a really good boss. And we see her interactions with her employees, whether it's Grace Lilly or Mikkel going through all of that and just kind of like how they're integral pieces in her business and how she sees them helping her business flourish. Like, I really do think that she's a good businesswoman and I do actually like watching her. That being said, last week we didn't feel like any of the cast members were, as you said, captivating. Right. This week I kind of found myself gravitating a little bit towards Mikkel. Yeah. I kind of liked him. I wanted him to crush it in the bar back job. I did too. I liked seeing the interaction, the very uncomfortable interaction with his, um, with his church brother. And I kind of am rooting for him at this point. And that's kind of what I need, I feel like, in a show like this. I need somebody to be like, oh, I want to see him do well. But a lot of the members that I didn't really like last week, I don't like them even more now. Like, I don't like Joe. I actually have him lower down on, like, a power rankings list than I do Trevor. And it's interesting. Weird. Interesting. So here's my thoughts, and then we'll dive into it. I we're we're in agreement in a lot of ways. I agree with Mikkel. He's he's captivating, and I did feel myself start to kind of get into the characters more. I think that I got into them more than you did, from what it sounds like. We're in full agreement with Joe. Joe stinks. Joe needs to shake it up. He needs to get way more charismatic and act like he's actually emotionally invested and not yeah. talking like he's reading from a script. That would be a great start, Joe. Mm-hmm. But with the other characters, I'm starting, I like to see dynamics. All right, I'm a big dynamics guy. I like to see how everyone interacts with everybody, where they stand with each other, like the personalities that they think they're bringing to the table, what they're actually seen as throughout the group. Like that's where I get really invested. Yeah. And you get to see the, the layers kind of peel back and you start to see why Grace Lily is kind of a nightmare to work with. But to your point, with Leva being great at what she does, because I'm sitting here thinking and watching G Lily. Now I will call her that forever now. Please don't. I'm going to. G Lily is awful. Like she is a terrible employee. She she's the list of reasons that she gave for why she had to leave work was like I was watching a fucking commercial for a new drug. Yeah. Like side effects might include nausea, diarrhea, death. Vomiting, hair loss, like, <laughs> like she's literally listing off every, it was the pollen, I had a migraine, I, malnutrition, dehydration. Malnutrition, dehydration, Like, yeah. what the fuck? You're just throwing shit at the wall hoping it sticks. None of it's working. And when it goes to Leva's confessional, this is where I was like, wow, okay, I never looked at it from this standpoint, because she says if it was up to Lamar, she would have been gone years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, wow, you've been putting up with this for years. But the way that she poses it, where she's like, when you have a racehorse, they're a pain in the ass. They're high maintenance. They're a lot to deal with. But she can perform. She can bring people in. She can make me money. She's a winning ticket. You just got to put up with the bullshit and get the winning ticket out of her. That mindset changed how I looked at it a little bit. I was like, you know what? I can see it. Yeah, but you're looking at Leva being a good businesswoman. You're not looking at 
G Lily no, no, being no, no. a good person or a good employee. Absolutely not. But yeah, so she still stinks. I'm not defending. G. Okay, Lily, I, right? I thought you were getting. You I thought you were gearing no, up no, for no, something. No, like, no, 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 no. Jesus. But you can't sit here and tell me that watching G Lily's interactions with everybody else is not kind of polarizing. Like to see some chick jump up onto a picnic table at a go kart track and twerk on her arrival is so cringy that it's like, oh, I want to, I want to watch this to see her like just interact and try to be what she thinks is normal yeah. is captivating TV. Cause it's bizarre. She gives herself affirmations in the mirror every morning, apparently where she's that's like strong. Be, wait, do you think that's for the camera? I think it's for the camera. No, I really truly don't. Because... I think she thinks that for herself, but there's no fucking chance in hell. Every single morning she talks to herself. Like how do you, that. how can you believe that? Knowing, knowing what we know about because her Because I think that she is camera conscious. I think she's camera conscious too, but I also believe that she said she was a genetic explosion, and that term had been used in her house prior. Oh clearly. yeah, I think that's fine. I, I'm, I'm just that's talking fine. about. I'm well. I fully expect her to say that with or without cameras. I think the whole pump up speech in the mirror in the morning—that's for the cameras. I don't. I, I don't. I we we disagree fully All on right. this because like later she's talking to TJ. And she's like, I shine. I shine. She uses every affirmation word that you see on Instagram daily, and she just like lists them off periodically yeah. like throughout the day she has to hit two or three affirmations to hit her quota for the end of the day you're probably not wrong about that i no, think that I is a goal <laughs> i think this is going to be one of those things that we want to talk about every week when she does something stupid and by like the fourth or fifth episode we're just gonna be like and grace lily was just being grace lily again clearly not at her job like we're not gonna go deep into it because it's just expected at that point from who what who are you talking about grace lily who I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not going to do it. No, I'm done. I'm done with the G Lily bullshit. Hey, you said it. Yeah. All right, fine. But I think that we're just going to expect it and it's just going to become more of the same. And it's like, I've already got that picture from week one that she's a terrible employee. So this week when she's talking about it and doing things and the three shifts a week, I didn't even bat an eye at it because no. I'm like, of course she fucking dropped out. Like who, she doesn't care. She still lives with her parents. She thinks that she's an influencer. She goes to different countries. She thinks that people are jealous. Because she goes to other countries and yep. takes pictures. She sucks. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> and that's when we go to what you touched on already is Mikel's talking to his church brother, Anthony. And I wasn't aware, and we find out when they're um, getting Manny's and Petty's, that he's not out to yeah. at least his family and to his church. This, I thought this was like a really cool scene, and I appreciate the fact that he's using national television as a platform to speak out about it because if you're not even out to your friends and family like the close-knit people in your community like you know going into this that you're gonna have to touch on this at some point so i really appreciated the courage it took to sit down with anthony at this restaurant and come out to him like yeah. come out of the closet it's a big fucking deal and i thought that was really cool that anthony not only accepted him and said he still loved him and he's obviously here for him and my mom's here for you like obviously we love you but also that like no matter what, you're still my friends. You're still my best friend. So like, I'm cool. Like whatever you need, we're here. Like that's cool to see. It wasn't just like a, like I was worried that Anthony was going to be like kind of downplay it a little bit or maybe give him a couple of one word answers and be like, well, you know, uh, you'll have to see like how it goes and take it easy. Like any, some of that bullshit. But instead he was like an actual true friend there. And I was, I appreciated seeing that. And I think that Mikel actually really liked it. My takeaway from that was he, I guess his name is Michael which yeah. we didn't hear in the first episode. So he goes by Michael with everybody at home and in the church. And then he's Mikel over here. So he's like, I've got like, I'm living two lives in my body right now. And that's got to be fucking hard. I can't begin to imagine. Yeah. And like, that's why I think that 
you know, I was actually surprised that I didn't see more about it on any of the Bravo accounts, mm-hmm. only because I think that this is a really fucking cool moment. It's a cool thing for him to do. It takes a lot of courage, way more than most people have. So I thought that, I don't know, I just really, I enjoyed the scene. I, I think it made me like Mikel more. I think that the good thing in that was before that scene, he was actually doing a barback job and he was open to it and okay with it. And I was so worried that going into it, because they're having the conversation, Leva comes in, she starts talking to Joe and TJ about Mikel coming in, like, we're going to start him at the bottom, he's going to be a barback, and immediately TJ's like, has he ever been a barback before? You said that it's kind of cool that TJ takes his job seriously and it's his career and everything. I wanted to think that, but I think he's kind of a buzzkill. So this is where I said sometimes he's a little bit too over the top. And this is, I was directly referencing his treatment of Mikel that first night when he's barback. That, not only that, but then when he was sitting down with G Lily at the end of the episode, they were both kind of annoying the shit out of me. They're both like, annoying. They are he both was, annoying. I, I wanted, it, it was just, it was a weird roller coaster of emotions too, because I went into this episode thinking, like, all right, I need to kind of like back a couple of people in this cast. I need to kind of get emotionally invested in these people, or I'm not going to have a good time watching the show. Mikkel came in and I'm like, you know what? If Mikkel works hard and he does a good job bar backing, I'm going to back him. And he did a good job. Yep. And it was a pleasant surprise. Backed him, went right into the conversation, went to the Maddies and Bettys, then right into the conversation with Anthony. Loved it. Great episode for Mikkel. Then TJ comes in and I'm like, you know what? I kind of like the TJ takes his job seriously. It's a career thing. And then as soon as he nagged Miguel about it, as soon as he starts rolling his eyes, I'm like, this could go bad. And then the rest of the fucking episode... You can tell he's just like an uptight hard ass. And like, you have to understand if you want your career to be in food and bev, food and bev, Greg, you want your career to be in food and bev, you got to understand that there's going to be a lot of people that come through those doors while you're going through the length of your career that aren't going to take it seriously. But as long as they do a good job working, just leave the bullshit aside. Like, who gives a shit if Grace Lilly is shaking her ass at a go-kart place? It has nothing to do, do. with your work. No, that the work that you're correct. That is a correct statement. That has it, no it's reflection just, of he, your I job. feel like he bitches about things that don't impact him directly. Like, I'm sorry, but when you go to work the next day and you're a bartender, you're not going to have 50% of the people coming in and being like, oh, Grace Lilly, did you see her at the go-kart place? Like, how do you put up with that? Like, it's not going to affect you directly. That's fair. So just leave it aside or you're going to give yourself a fucking aneurysm. I, that's fair. And more to your point, like the shit with Mikel, like I appreciate it. And I'm on the fence with Will. I don't know how I feel about Will yet. I'm, I like, I don't like I like him he, more than Joe. Definitely more than Joe, just because he's funnier than Joe. Yeah. Like I thought the shit he said was totally douchey the first episode mm-hmm. where he's like talking about how he's like just this ladies man, whatever. But he's funny. Like that's at least he's like, funny in a douchey way whereas joe is just not fun and not funny and when mikhail was working the bar at one point will pulls him aside and goes hey man i know it's a lot i know it's crazy but you got this like that's what i want to see if you're really invested in your career and you're invested in the place that you work then you're you need to pick up your team around you you don't Mm -hmm. need to highlight the fact that this guy's never bar backed before he's already struggling he's working his way back up the rankings you might feel like he doesn't deserve it allow him the chance to prove that he does without adding extra pressure. There's no yeah. reason that you, TJ, who is not his boss, needs to be up his ass the whole time. Like, that's not cool. It's not a good workplace environment. 
And if he's trying to prove himself and arguably is proving himself, he's really not bitching and moaning that much. He had to clean up puke, and he was pretty cool about he it. He still did it. Yeah. And he rolls his eyes a little bit here and there, but I don't know who wouldn't as a barback. Like, a yeah. barback's a tough fucking job. Like, you're literally running around all night. So and you don't see him complaining to, like, the whole staff about how he should be up front. He says it to himself, or he starts talking to one of the servers who he has a relationship with. I really don't, like, this job isn't for me, but... I know what I have to do and I have to work my way back up. Like he's self-aware yeah, respect. And that's why we like that. Yep. But yeah, TJ is, he's too uptight for me. Hopefully he changes because I already don't really like him that much. And yeah, Joe, the, the whole thing with Maddie, it's like, you missed your opportunity, bro. You don't have to be sulking in the corner. I, so what's in from wedding crashes rule number, whatever, draw attention to yourself but on your own terms. Yeah. He's drawing negative attention to himself because he's sitting around like someone kicked his puppy. Yeah, and he's bitching about it to other people, and other people know what's going on because you've told literally everybody except for Maddie. Like, you put yourself in a bad position. You're not playing your cards right at all. You've done everything wrong, and now you're watching her with her ex-boyfriend who cheated on you. Does that guy suck too? Sure. But are you giving her anything better? No. Well, he pulls the fucking move when he pulls up on the petty bike. I was so happy to see that he actually does work as a bike I taxi. You I know you told fucking... me last week, but I was like, ah, I don't know. We'll see. But <laughs> I told you. He had the vibe. But when he pulls up, Joe does the move. And I hate this move. And this is such like, look, buddy, you're friend zoned. You are firmly in the friend zone. That is your own doing. It sucks. I'm sorry to hear it. But like, that's where you're at. Don't do the move where you want to say something but you act like you're not going to say it and lead with, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to ruin your night, blah, blah, blah. But like, and then you say what you were going to say. It's such like a pick me thing. You're well, like, then just, he sat in the confessional and said the same thing. Yeah. Like he doubled down. He's like, I'm not the type of guy to start talking about things. You are. I don't want to ruin the friendship, you know, but obviously like I'm butthurt about it. It's like, but you did say something. You are that guy. You've now said it twice. You yeah. said it to all of us and you said it to her. So either shit or get off the pot, dude. If you want to take a chance, you should probably do it before they're hanging out at the arcade, yeah. right? If you know that he's like slowly creeping back in and Trev pulls up with his, with his hat on, on his petty bike, you should probably then take the opportunity to be like, hey, before you get involved with this guy, once again, let me just give you a little pitch. Let me give you the elevator pitch of why I think we would work out instead of sulking in the corner and calling another guy a douchebag when you're wearing a shirt that's buttoned down to your belly button. Yeah, and also don't do it under the guise that you're pissed that he crashed a happy hour for work. Yeah, what? Like, what, dude? He's like, I don't show up to the, the bike taxi happy hours. It's like, this isn't, this is just people going out and you guys all hang out together anyway. Yeah, that made no... You guys, I haven't seen any other friends... By the way, I bet that the bike taxi happy hour is fucking lit. Oh, I'm sure it's absolutely spectacular. Yeah, that would sound that sounds more fun. The fun park looked fun, but that sounds like way more fun. Absolutely. And now we're on to the Real Housewives of San Diego, aka the Real Housewives of Salt Lake, for an absolute chaotic mess of an episode. It was a dumpster fire. It was belligerent from yeah. start to finish. And I'm sure it's not going to be people's favorite episode. Dev didn't enjoy it that much. It's pretty uncomfortable. I rather liked it. I thought it was okay. Now, I had watched Potomac a little before watching this, like rewatching Potomac, because it was so good. And then I saw this, and I'm like, this is like a downgraded version, but it's still not bad. I mean, that's actually not a bad way to put it. It's 
I feel like they do a better job on Potomac about like the things that we want to see, like how they argue with one another and they're much more pointed in their arguments and make a lot more sense than just screaming and yelling and throwing shit off of a boat. But there's a place for that too on Bravo. There is. And I rather enjoyed it. But we're back on the boat and I actually, here's probably why I really like this episode. Jen's been on a hot streak. All right. Jen's had like five entertaining episodes. That does not mean that we like Jen Shaw. We're simply commenting on the fact that she's been entertaining. This was a good episode because it was a good reminder that Jen does, in fact, suck for a lot more reasons than just defrauding elderly people. Oh, yeah. She was horrible from from start to finish. Like, there was not one redeeming point in this episode, but what she did do for me, she made it so clear how capable she is of lying about everything at the drop of a hat that's a really good point it's instant she doesn't even have to bat an eye everything that she does that we watch her do she swore in the beginning when she's talking to heather she swore to heather on her dad's grave that she poured that champagne on ak as a joke yep that is such a bold-faced lie it was not in jest and you just swore on your dad's grave fast forward they're sitting at the dinner table everything's popping off she now doesn't remember the fact that she shoved Lisa Barlow on the boat. She has no recollection of it. She says to them that they're fucked up. She can, I literally think that she's so capable of lying and so fucking manipulative that she can actually forget when she does things wrong. I genuinely think that in her brain, she thinks that she didn't do, that she did nothing wrong whatsoever. No, that's a, and it's a good point. And we said it last week. We're starting now, and I'm very thankful for it, to see the downfall of Jen on Bravo. And we're seeing that now her friends are going after her, which has not happened in the past. And I don't really understand. I mean, we did get a la Erica Jane drunk on a boat. We got another one where she was just out of nowhere plastered, and everybody else seemed like, okay. You know, like they were still having a good time. But even Dana said, like, I thought we were supposed to be turning up and having a good time. Jen was blackout. Like, I, yeah. And then asleep in the sprinter van on the way home. It was brutal. That was actually really funny. She yeah. slept for like two hours. Yeah. And that was, I mean, Erica did the exact same thing. But we see Jen just the erratic behavior, treating her friends like shit, doing deplorable things, and then immediately lying about it. And another thing that she lied about right away, she was sitting there when she was talking to Heather. And Again, now we're flip-flopping on Heather again. I am so She's like far leaning on now. Jen, and she's calling her Jen Shaw, like, you're my best friend, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't really condemn her behavior of, who's, whose shoes are these? Oh, I'm just going to toss them over. Jen, don't do that. I'm going to toss the other one. Oh, my God. Well, Jen, I'm just going to grab my shoes. Oh, don't touch those either. I'm going to grab Whitney's shoes, too, and put them in my purse. So she protects her belongings. Yep. Somehow protects Whitney's belongings. She protects half of Whitney's belongings. The other shoe did, in fact, fall. That was because Jen threw it, like, in the direction of Heather, and it just went off. I don't even think Jen meant to throw that one overboard. No, that was just... That was collateral damage. Yeah, Yeah, that was was bad. But she (laughs) throws Angie's shoes off of the boat. So she was aware enough to know which shoes were Angie's for sure. She was already lying about that. She's like, I don't know whose shoes these are. Fuck you. Yes, you do. She throws them off the boat. And then Angie comes running up because one of the deckhands comes running back and says, hey, there's some belongings floating in the ocean over there. They come running up. Angie's looking for her shoes. And Jen goes, I don't know what happened. And Angie's like, well, I'm not going to blame you. I, I didn't throw them off the boat. Okay. I didn't say that you threw them off the boat. I'm just <laughs> looking for my fucking shoes. Jen immediately lied. Immediately. Immediately. And she threw them off the she boat. She watched like, them and she goes, launched. I don't know who threw them. 
it was just bizarre. And it's like, all right, you can lie very quickly and you're hammered and you're still able to lie very quickly. And you also threw Whitney's. It was just, it was bizarre to see. And it was a terrible episode for Jen. And I love it. Yeah, me too. Uh, we are here for the downfall of Jen Shaw. We want to watch it happen. I think we have to say it. that like six more times because people think that we're on our side. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. If you got that from the video on TikTok, you didn't listen to the yeah. words. <laughs> no. But then we get to the dinner and, you know, not there wasn't a lot of substance to this episode. There was just a lot of shit happening. And it just, for me, once again, it goes back to dynamics. We start to see some dynamics change, shift, fall apart even. And it starts out with Heather on the phone with Harrington. They're having a little FaceTime, and she's spilling all the tea to Harrington. I completely forgot until they started jumping around to all the flashbacks of how many sides Heather has taken this season. She oh, yeah. has literally taken everybody's side when she's one-on-one with them. Yep. She shits on all the other people. And then we'll immediately spin the very next day. Yes. And put that other person in a bad position. Without fail. But the whole thing kind of starts out with, we see Heather FaceTimes Harrington and they're kind of recapping. She's spilling all of the tea that happened that day. And this is where I completely forgot. And it jumps back to all of the flashbacks at dinner. And Heather has taken literally every single side this season. Mm -hmm. She's taken sides against everybody else. She said one thing to one person, acted a different way to somebody else, and acts like she has no recollection of it as well. That's my biggest pet peeve with any of these shows that we watch. I hate, I hate when people go with the I don't remember defense. Because yes, you fucking do. There's no way that you don't recall what she did. And if you really don't, then stop saying stuff because you keep putting your foot in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it, it's been a brutal season for Heather. I do want to say Angie Harrington wanted to be on that trip so bad. So bad. And when she was FaceTiming, it's like she's going to run over, get a plane, and come out to San Diego because she just wants to be there. And it goes back to what we've been saying about this whole season. We see it a little bit more later. It's, it just seems like a tryout. Like They know that they have a chance to get on this show, and Angie just missed her opportunity. Angie H. did missed her opportunity to get on this show. Now she's FaceTiming with Heather. She's a friend of friend on of, FaceTime. Yep. And you get Dana, who, after this whole conversation, she sparks everything at the dinner. We get through the whole dinner. It's a little awkward, obviously, with the fire dancers. I don't know what's up with the fire dancers. We Look. got fire dancers now. We got fire dancers Potomac. You get the whole fire dancing. And then we have to start talking about the strippers. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, they... I hope they got paid for the whole whatever they were supposed to get paid. What did they do? They were there for like maybe 10 minutes. Tops but did they have music? It didn't sound like there was any music. There was whistles. Okay. Do you think that you could strip? First of all, do you think you could strip in front of a group? No. No, just period. You couldn't? I don't. I mean, I, am I drunk? You're wasted. It's post birds game. Yeah. If I'm wasted, maybe. But like. It's post birds game group? and we won. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll strip on top that's, of the light post. Right, yeah. that's very specific. Yeah. But could you do it like just, let's say you're at a party, it's a birthday party, some girls come up to you at the party and they're like, hey, it's our friend's 30th, we wanted to get her a stripper, but no one's here, you're the only guy, like, do you mind like giving her a little striptease? And you're like, you're, you're pretty lit. No, probably not. No? No. Okay. I bet you could. I feel like that's like, could be a side hustle for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start stripping. Yeah. Private chef, personal trainer, and bachelorette parties. Whatever you need. <laughs> uh, just, that's, Dinner and entertainment. No, no, that's why I started my, uh, my wiki feet. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Selling feet pics. Yep, selling feet pics. All right. 
But like you said, I mean, this is, we're seeing a tryout. And I would say if we're watching a tryout right now, just from pure effort alone, AK sits on top. Mm -hmm. And Dana's in second, but I I could do without Dana. I don't think she brings anything to the table. And she tries to interject here, and she kind of goes in on Jen and Heather. I do like the fact that she goes up against Jen. I like that she calls her out. I get frustrated because the reason she calls her out is stupid. The reason that she's upset with how Jen handled the Angie H stuff makes no sense. Like Angie H made a fake account that said Shaw exposed and you're upset with how she handled the situation. I think I actually didn't mind it. I thought that she had some pretty good points. Um, She did say, now I don't know the whole backstory, which is like, all right, well then don't get involved if you don't know the backstory. But she brought up a couple other points where she said, you and Angie K are supposed to be best friends. And when she was sitting in that room right after that, you just told her to shut the fuck up because she was whispering in somebody's ear. Like, that's a very good point. Jen did just tell her randomly to shut the fuck up if she has anything to say. She just thinks, I think in this situation and now where we sit with Jen, she thinks that everything is about her and people are constantly talking about her. The Shaw Exposed thing is obviously very clear. Very specifically about her. Yeah, and that even though it wasn't about her, but it is still about her. But to sit in a room full of people and see somebody whispering, like, be immediately feel like they're attacking you is some paranoia shit and that's definitely what jen's going through and maybe she deserves to go through that shit i'm fine with that but dana i think made a good point where we do see these instances where jen just lashes out at people and they don't care and during this situation it was still tough to watch because you see like heather coming to her defense and even though that lisa has beef with jen she's still trying to explain that she was there for jen And it's so weird to see, like, it's almost like everybody's trying to position themselves right next to Jen and be like, I'm pretty close to Jen. So if you do something bad to her, I'm not really going to like that and I'm not going to defend you. But I will defend you if you do the same thing to anybody else. And it's just like, it's so weird to see, like, why is Jen put up on this pedestal, even though she's been such a shitty person? I don't know. Fucking AK says to her, I've been a good friend to Jen Shaw. Like, why do you give a fuck? She, she just, just poured your sham- shoes. She threw your $1,500 shoes off the boat. She poured champagne on your head all in the same yep. day. And you're going to raise the point to Heather that you've been a good friend to her and Heather has not? I can say a lot of things about Heather, right? And she might be saying some shit on the side. But when you're dealing with a friend like Jen Shaw, I mean, I think you're going to vent about them on the side. She has objectively been a good friend to Jen. The fact that she sat there with her on the boat and took her side was baffling. Mm -hmm. The fact that anybody could take her side after she poured a drink on somebody's head at a house that she's not familiar with is banana land. It makes no fucking sense. Heather is ride or die for her. So I'll give her that. That I don't know how Heather really got lumped into all that, though. Like I, I would have appreciated it more if Dana just kept it on Jen. And then, you know, just see if other people come to your defense. It didn't look like they were going to. Everybody kind of holds their tongue with Jen. And I think that she just kind of like floundered a little bit and just bounced over to Heather because she knows that Heather's burned a couple of bridges in the last couple of weeks. So somebody's going to take her side against Heather. And it's more of the same where Dana's just trying to make a splash and kind of get into an altercation with somebody and start some shit. And it worked. Actually, I will give her credit. And I know it's a good it did work because. Heather starts backpedaling, dude. She starts verbal backtracking into like a Jen Shaw level spiral where mm-hmm. she can't keep track of what she said to who, what lies she said to who, and she just starts to spin. And you see her kind of panic. Like she's making no sense whatsoever. And it like cuts to Whitney's face, who just kind of like makes a face at her, like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like, are you good? Because she's just spouting off absolute nonsense. But this is why I was stoked that they didn't call Jen out. 
by Dana kind of like shifted to Heather because Lisa fucking Barlow is oh, taking center fucking stage this season. And without her being stuck to Meredith's side and allowing her to kind of like be her own person, she's fucking excelling. She is, she is like top three housewife for me she's right now. She's smart too. She's, she's smart. She's very fucking funny without trying to be. And she's finally saying, st- I love that on the boat she says to Jen, stop being a bitch. Do you know how many times there's moments in the show where I, would, I just want them to say those words? Yep. It's so simple, but so on the nose. Like mm-hmm. There's just moments where it's like, stop being a bitch. And she just fucking finally says it. We're at dinner and she says, you're a liar. Stop lying. And then she's like, don't call me a liar. She's like, you lied. Like She's not backing down from Jen. Lisa Barlow gives no fucks about Jen Shaw. She's sick of being pushed around. And I'm so fucking stoked that she's finally speaking up and standing up for herself. And it just took her being away from Meredith. So and you got to wonder what Meredith is thinking, too, because I feel like there's a quiet respect there, too, because over the last couple episodes, obviously, like four or five episodes ago, we saw Meredith in her confessionals talking about Lisa well, I'm just going to let Lisa do what Lisa does best. And it's kind of like dick herself a hole. Now we're not really seeing Meredith as much kind of putting Lisa down. And she's not even really like actively making faces or anything in the background. She's just kind of letting Lisa go. And sometimes you'll catch her smirking. Yeah, It's like, I wonder if Meredith's like, good for you, Lisa. Some might say quiet. There is some friendship there, maybe. Quiet admiration, perhaps. I don't know. But I, I fucking love to see Lisa Barlow coming to her own and maybe this is what she needed maybe meredith knew that and meredith is the ringleader and she's like she just needs to leave the nest go be yourself and lisa's and got that middle snowflake locked down <laughs> she does she's crushing it yep and i would be remiss if we didn't touch on the fact at the very end of the episode everything's wrapping up dinner's been an absolute fucking disaster jen says the only person that i can trust is angie k mm-hmm this is where I firmly was like, boom, she's fucking guilty. She oh, yeah. is so fucking guilty. She just spins this web of lies, this crazy, ridiculous story that is probably true in her own head. And she can fit any fucking narrative that she needs to fit to not be in the hot seat. If she needs to get back in Angie K's good graces because Angie K is now running this trip and everyone is siding with Angie K and she's seeing her one ally, Heather, gets up and tells her to fuck off pretty much. Like, she just needs to latch onto somebody to have some protection. And she finds the most influential in the group at the moment, Angie Kay, and she clings on to her and says, the only one I can trust is you. That is insane behavior. I think we're just seeing now that Jen has never had to really, like, assess her situation and figure out who her real friends are and who might support her. I feel like it's just constantly just been blind support for her, no matter what she does, shitty things that she does terrible things that she says to other people she always has at least a couple people that will take her side or will hold their tongues while she's talking and she's like panicking into a point where she doesn't know who her true friends are so she's like well uh, let me just uh, i'll just bounce back to angie you just threw angie's shoes off the fucking boat and burned every bridge with her but angie's still for whatever is supporting you so i she guess apologized and angie's like i accept you you f- i feel that you are sorry how do you feel I, that i just don't understand it's angie's got a the whole fucking crew just needs to turn on Jen, and that should be the end of the season. Everybody turns on Jen, except for Heather, obviously. And we're done. And she just goes off into the not-so-pretty sunset and goes away for 12 to 15. <laughs> like, just enough. Like, it's just, we'll have a good, like, a good closed book on her. Everybody starts turning on her, and she's gone. I've Boom. had it. Oh, we're finished. Damn it. 
But that takes us to my fave. We are back in Potomac, or I guess we're still in Miami, actually. They're really dragging out this Miami trip. However, I loved this episode. I was captivated pretty much the entire time. So bravo, ladies. But we start off in the house, and it's just empty. And the only reason I want to touch on this is because Giselle did something that, like, it gives me such agita. And she walks in the house, and she's like, where is everybody? And she screams throughout the house, Mia, like at the top of her lungs to try to find people. So growing up, you know, I have a big family. I have a lot of people in my family, and you've been to my house as well. It's like a revolving door. You never know who's going to be at my parents' house. There was a point in college where I was away for a baseball tournament for like four days, and you guys called me on a Saturday because you were in the basement partying with my parents. Yes. So that's the level of you never know at my house. Because of that, and there's three floors. Everyone in my house to communicate just fucking yells, steal, like to try to get your attention. And I hated it. I hated it when I was growing up. And I, now when I hear it happen, like it, it makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Cause I'm like, oh, just like text, just text. Would you rather them have what Jen has and just get like a bullhorn? No, start no, screaming? no, fuck no. I want, you know what I want? And my grandparents have this in their house. You know when you click the button? A little intercom? Yeah, yeah like yeah, the yeah. cross-room intercom. We need to bring those a back. A old houses used to have that. Yeah, no, I think that anymore. they yeah. should still have those. Those are still useful, and they I are. don't want to have to text. If I can click a button and be like, yo, come down for dinner, like that's ideal for me. That would be cool. But, you know, whatever. Well, we'll get back into tech talk later. But um, this was hysterical to me because they're setting up for this dinner. Right, this dinner party that was originally for Karen's 59th birthday. And I guess now it is no longer standing for Karen's 59th birthday, but they're going through with the same exact dinner anyway. And then it turns into everybody's still wearing white. And it's, yeah, and it still turns into Karen's 59th birthday. Yeah. And that was a Mia thing where Mia's like, I don't want to host anymore. I'm not doing this. I'm having a terrible trip. It's like, well, you've done a lot of shit that's caused you to have a terrible trip. You can't now just show up at a pre-planned, pre-made meal. It looked like, at first, it looked like nobody was cooking. So I was like, did she just fucking cancel everything? That would have been a better move. That would have been funny. If she stayed in her room and delivered no food to the party, she would have went up a notch. Yeah. Instead, she was the last person to come down. Because she wasn't feeling well. Yeah, well, that's obviously bullshit, but she, she had fucking Jacqueline come Jacqueline. down and report on her, her representative. She is, though. That was the funniest fucking part. Oh, Candace had some zingers Dude, tonight. Dude, Candace, she comes in so well. Some of the shit that she says is downright mean. Oh, yeah. You can't. You can't. But it's still so funny. It's hysterical. You just can't take some of that stuff back. And like that's where I think that she could do better is just like understanding that when it comes to clapbacks she is unmatched yeah right with great power comes great responsibility you need to watch your step only because there are some women in the group that you throw under the bus unintentionally such as karen huger right like karen's your ride or die she's been by your side she hasn't said anything sketchy like you want to stand by karen and you see that towards the end of the episode when Karen storms off because of some shit that Candace said, it's like, you know, when you start going, sometimes you need to reel it back in just so you don't push past the point that you want to push. But with Jacqueline, they call her the representative. Dude, they're brushing their teeth. Mia goes, throw this away. And just like hands a bottle She's off a to her. Throw That's this all away. she is. She just does whatever Mia needs done. Like she does all of her bidding for her. It's so annoying. Like it, I find myself every time that she starts talking and it's in a group setting, shut the fuck up, Jacqueline. Like, nobody has, nobody cares what you have to say. I was so happy at the end, and we'll get to the dinner, but just to see her get put in her place. Who are like, you? 
just shut up. Like, enough. We don't care about what you have to do or what you have to say. I don't care. But it was still funny to see them go through all of the motions. We touched on the fire dancers earlier. Wasn't great. Swallowing fire, whatever. It's still Karen's 59th birthday. Like, yeah. everything that they have planned for the rest of the weekend is for Karen's birthday. Now, do I get a little annoyed when people start dragging out the whole thing and they're like, every event that happens on this trip is for my birthday because my birthday was last week? Yes. Should you just have one dinner and be like, hey, happy birthday. Like, hope you had a great time. Great year. Blah, blah, blah. I love you. Done. Not every fucking event. And that's where I, I get a little annoyed with the Karen thing, but I, it's fine. It's not a big deal. I still love her. But when she talks about her birthday the whole time and how everything has to be about her birthday, I'm like, all right, you had a dinner. Like, shut up. Here's the, here's the thing. Okay, here's I know the you're going to defend her to your of death. Of course so. I'm going to defend her to my death. I will get up and slap you right now. But here's the thing. The trip was presented as Karen's birthday trip to Miami, was it not? That's what Mia posed it as. Mm-hmm. So this is a trip to celebrate Karen. But does every little event have to be about your birthday? When they're fucking designating it as. for three days. I it know. It doesn't matter. I know she the said, this is it... your birthday dinner. This is your Lamborghini drive. Like, that was scheduled for Karen. That is a birthday activity. So you can stop being mm. a fucking birthday Grinch and just say, happy birthday, Karen. Happy birthday, Karen. Thank you. That's it. For Moving the on. one dinner. <laughs> this was one planned dinner that was for her birthday. Not the one before, not the dinner after. You don't have to keep talking about your birthday like happy birthday to me. Your birthday was yesterday. Or two I like that. I loved when I like when she interjects with the happy birthday to me thing. I think it's funny because it's always in a really awkward moment. Well, it was funny with the editing because they had somebody else's birthday. And it's like, all right, they're actually having a happy birthday. Oh, not and then it cuts to them not yeah. having one. We do get a little reprieve from like the drama and the top Karen moments were great. Cause I've, I saw all those actually happen, which I thoroughly enjoyed. The wig shift is probably my favorite of all of those of the four that you saw. What was your favorite? Uh, the wig shift was hilarious. Okay. Being... Although, although Ray's tongue was pretty funny or was that G's tongue? No, that was G's tongue. That I wanted to G's talk tongue. about that because what the fuck I want you to imagine. All right. You and Colleen are married. You guys get married next year. You come over for dinner. I'm having other people over. One of my friends is standing there with his significant other, and he looks at your new wife and just sticks his tongue out and makes like a licky face at her. Yeah, I mean, if it's, is, I don't know like what the relationship is between G and Karen, obviously, like me and her are friends, so it's a little closer. It's still fucking creepy as hell. It's just and we're weird. But I think that what they're doing is they're setting up because when you see the mid season trailer later, they're setting up for a little bit more with G and Mia and what their relationship actually is. And we see a little bit of that when Jack, Jacqueline and Mia are talking about, oh, yeah, like how Mia's ex-boyfriend was so good at sex, but he was a terrible guy and he was cheating on her. So I just decided to let Jacqueline have a taste. Like, what the fuck kind of rationale is that? It's, that's bizarro. But, but that's the type of shit that like when she's bragging about stealing G from his wife and she's doing this. And then we find out later. It's like the writing's on the wall there. Something weird is going on, whether she's sleeping out, he's sleeping out, it's consensual, it's not. There's some weird shit going on there, and they live a very different life, and I think that it's kind of coming into light. Well, look, they've already alluded to the fact that they have showered together. Mm-hmm. They've alluded to the fact that they may or may not have hooked up at one point. Yeah. Now they're alluding to the fact that they've shared a dude. Yeah. Like, look, I don't give a fuck what your relationship is. You do you. That's none of my fucking business. Yeah. But... This picture that you're painting, right? Like of this happy marriage with G Daddy, like 
what the what's going on? What's yeah. going on behind closed doors? You're living in a you're living I in a rental house. Know. I really don't think I want to know. Uh, I want to know because for the sake of the TV show, but like at the same time, like I feel like I'm going to be creeped out. So I'm probably that's not fair. Into it. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I'm in between on it. I want to know. Okay. Yeah, no, I want to know. I just I need to know the dynamic because I don't understand. I don't understand Mia. Period. Like I don't I don't get what her tactics are. I don't get what she's going for on the show. I don't get. Like I think she's just really a shitty, shitty person. I think that she needs everybody to bend to her will at all times, no matter what. The loyalty thing. Look, I consider myself a very loyal person, mm-hmm. but if you're being an idiot, you know damn well I will be the first one to call you on your shit and be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. That's what I, being loyal but is. But I feel like it's all fake friendships. That's like, and we see this on Housewife shows all the time now. I mean, I think it's a breath of fresh air when you see people going to confessionals and be like, I just don't like her. And then you see them in person and like, all right, I don't like you. Like, that's very cut and clear. On this show specifically, and it kind of ties into what Candace was saying, I feel like a lot of the friendships are very fake. I feel yeah. like a lot of people that are like, oh yeah, me as a friend, it's like, but she's not. She treats you like shit. You talk shit on her behind her back. She will just shut you up in the middle of a dinner because it's not what she wants to hear. And like, you obviously see the dynamic between her and Jacqueline. It's like, I maybe Mia specifically, I don't think she has any like real friendships. I think that she demands this loyalty. And when she doesn't get it, she like flips out and then she just talks to people like shit, like they're beneath her. And I think she's just a shitty person. But you kind of see with Mia specifically that like she's just straight up not a good friend. And then you get Candace in there with like Wendy and Karen. And I feel like there's like a level of respect with Karen with a lot of them. But then it comes down to friendship. It's like maybe you're not actually all friends. So stop trying to push this like we're all friends narrative and just read it what it is. You guys are on a show together. You might have some fun moments, but for a lot of the time, you guys fucking hate each other. Yeah. Yeah. Like legit. Just, yeah. You don't vibe and that's okay sometimes, but going out of your way to make it more shitty doesn't look bad on them. It looks bad on you. Yeah. Which is the perfect segue into her splitting the fucking group in half so that half of them can go celebrate Karen and drive Lambos and the other half can get on a fucking pedal boat. That was his. Oh my god! Our thing with fucking these pedal. It, it, it's just the pedal. We got the pedal bar. We got pedal bars. Well, no, it's just, it's the pedal bar that goes through all these cities, like Nashville, like we saw in Jersey, or we see it in Scottsdale when Salt Lake went to Scottsdale. I actually genuinely thought this was our best chance for the pedals to actually have an influence on the boat moving. Did I tell you? Oh uh, my god! I I completely blacked out on this. What? I have an obsession with these things, so I don't know why you didn't tell me. We got a message. We got a direct message by somebody that operates a pedicab or a a pedal bar. No way. I swear to God. Oh, I have to dig through it. I have to find it. It was in our request thing, and I meant to screenshot it. Something happened. So they do, in fact, the pedals. You need the pedals. You have to pedal this bike. fucking way. Yes. She said that there is like some kind of mechanism in which it can help. But you need to pedal to act- actively move this thing. And the dude. I think it's propaganda. That's bullshit. You think that some of our yeah, listeners. Yeah, still even the person propaganda? who just reached. Yep, propaganda. Well, I if, think there's if, something listen, weird going on there. It's if like you're listening, ring. if you're listening, message us again. I promise, I promise, I promise I will open it, answer. But please message us again so you can explain to me the, 
how this works so I can explain it to Shooter because I'm so mad at myself right now. No, I, I think it's all for show. And I thought, let me just, I'll just act like that didn't happen. Okay. okay just, I really thought that this was our best chance for, because I saw the thing on the back, the, the little water wheel. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe that thing moves when you're pedaling and then it kind of kicks it into gear. Obviously, there's a fucking motor that moves it, but maybe it moves a little faster when you start pedaling. No, it just didn't seem like it. Like the thing on the back wasn't moving. I, I think it's still all bullshit, but whatever. They go on the stupid pedal boat with Wawa sandwiches. I know. They won't. No. Yeah. Those. No, no, no. Cherise said Wawa later. They, no. Hold on. They ate Wawa earlier. No, she said the sandwiches that we got on the boat from those Wawa. Those weren't Wawa, dude. Those were They weren't. I, I didn't think they were either, but they those did are say. Seven, I know what a Wawa sandwich looks like. Those were 7-Eleven sandwiches. Even worse. Way worse. Yeah. Wawa sandwiches are fine. Wawa sandwiches are great. They are really good. Yeah. But, but the, the, the juxtaposition, once again, of half of the crew driving Lambos around Miami and the other half pedaling a fucking bar through the harbor while eating 7-Eleven sandwiches. It if was that's tough. not shade being thrown. If it was at least like a boat like we saw in Salt Lake... That's what maybe I like picture. a smaller thing. Like that would be fine. I when think. I hear boat in Miami, I don't think because like a Mia's, pedal bar. But Mia still, did, oh, of course not. No, not at all. But Mia still did like pay for it and set it up, so it is still like a nice thing. But then it becomes a pedal boat with Seven Eleven sandwiches. Not good. If it was a normal boat, and then they went and did Lambos, and she did this, it's like yeah, you're still pitting two groups against each other, and you're picking people to do the cool thing over the bad thing. But it was just. It was just funny to see that Robin got split up, too, because Giselle got to go have fun with the Lambo girls, and Robin had to sit there in her misery. Good. Fucking good, it. dude. Because and it was, it, she Well, she was it. just sulking the whole time, and then she brings up the whole... And, and look, I don't really like Ashley. The fucking TikToks drive me insane. If somebody... If I'm on a trip with somebody... Piss you off. If, if I'm on a trip with somebody, and I come downstairs, and every waking fucking hour, they're doing a TikTok dance... Shut up. Enough. It's annoying. Just stop it. Like, I know that you have fun. Do, like, maybe one every other day or something. Don't do it, like, six times a day. It's stupid. This is anyway. A, this is a conundrum. Oh, God. I don't even want to hear it. But Ashley always asks these questions. And I feel like she's either just, like, oblivious to situations or she thinks that, like, this could be fun for the show. Let me ask what's going on with Robin and her wedding plans with Juan. This could be good. You've probably never asked Robin what's going on with your wedding plans. You're siding with Robin in this one? No, I'm not siding with Robin at all. I just don't like that Ashley like plugs because this is like unnecessary drama where it's like, oh, whatever. I don't really care. But she does it anyway. And I think that she's trying to like drum up some interest in like her storyline and like her as a character. And I'm like, I, I could do without it. Like in my mind, by bringing that up, what Ashley's doing is like it's a very neutral topic. Like it's. It's your wedding day. You've been planning this. You guys have been at this for a really long time. So I think that it's safe ground to just be like, how's the wedding planning going? And just let her kind of talk. It kind of smooths things over. However, this might be a point for you. Ashley does also know all the drama between Juan Dixon and her and like how tumultuous it's been to like leading up to this wedding. And the more info we get about this wedding, the sketchier it seems to get like over and over again, like they're getting married in Jamaica, having a super small ceremony to the point where her parents aren't even going. Like it seems so forced and it seems like neither of them really want to get married. Like, I don't know what's going yeah. on with that. But Robin just pisses me off because she can't even fake it for two seconds. But like, who is she? I, obviously, she has beef with Wendy, but like. 
Does she have beef with Sharice? Does she have beef with Ashley? Does she have beef with maybe her and Candace don't really see eye to eye, but there's not really a whole lot of beef there. So is she just doing this because Wendy's there? And if so, wouldn't it be better? And I'm speaking from like a sort of like a mean point of view, but if there's somebody in a group of friends or people that are hanging out and there's somebody there that you really don't like and someone asks you a personal question, wouldn't it make more sense to like answer nicely to that person and don't even look at the person that you don't like because you're trying to cut them out of the group? Like, wouldn't that give you more satisfaction towards somebody that you dislike? Like, I, I don't really understand what that's fair. Robin's just alienating herself. Yeah. You have an opportunity to just alienate the person that you don't like by not engaging with them at all in a conversation and controlling the conversation and talking about it. And then maybe like gesturing to Sharice and be like, Hey, what's going on with you? And then skipping Wendy entirely. Like you could have a whole moment here where you have a good time and you look like a fun person and you just leave Wendy the fuck out. That would probably be better than just shutting down because now everybody's going to be like, well, fuck you, Robin. Like you're an asshole. Yeah. And that's kind of what my point was like in that moment, just like roll with it, dude. You're stuck on a boat with him. You can't go anywhere. Like, yeah. Just have fun for two hours, get drunk and then go back to the house and take a nap. Like it's not that difficult, but this is all leading up to like the final dinner in Miami and leading up to this, we get Candace asks, Mia if Wendy can come to the dinner mm -hmm. Mia says for like the seventh time no I don't want her at the dinner okay like Wendy's not coming to the dinner but we get to the dinner and immediately Ashley being Ashley goes outside and calls Wendy and says hey you should come by invites her to dinner unbeknownst to the rest of the crew this obviously causes some tension when she walks back and Mia calls her a disrespectful little brat which I thought was really disrespectful. Very disrespectful. <laughs> it's so like patronizing and belittling. Yeah. But if you're Ashley in that situation, you're putting Wendy in a bad position by not bringing it up with the group. You had an opportunity maybe like before you went, when Mia said for like the seventh or eighth time, like I said, no, I wouldn't be comfortable with it. You could speak up then and just be like, look, Wendy's still in Miami. We're not going to sit you guys anywhere near each other. We will you know, pay for dinner, whatever. It, I can't imagine that Mia's been footing the bill for literally everything. They're probably doing something with the dinners. Wendy should still be able to come. She's still in Miami. She was still invited to the trip. Just sit on opposite ends of the table and be adults. By Ashley doing this and conniving behind everyone's back, mm. not even just Mia's back, to everyone, she's putting Wendy in a bad position because Wendy's showing up thinking like, all right, at least like Candace and, you know, Sharice and like a couple other people that might have my back will be there and they know that I'm coming. She just walks in and nobody knows that she's even coming. Yep. So Ashley looks like an asshole. Well, Ashley she's does making, say to the table that she invited her before she, she gets did, there. She did, but she did it after the invitation. So like you could have, again, you could have walked out and been like, hey, I don't feel right with Wendy not being here. I'm sorry, Mia, but like I'm going to invite Wendy. I don't give a shit. Cool. That's that would have been so That's much better, better because everybody would have been like, all right, we get it. Karen would have been like, you know what? I support it. Cool. Instead, Wendy shows up cold but ashley looks like an asshole mia is an asshole mia is, it's so like this is where i get like so much more frustrated i even wrote in my notes mia stinks at this part that's all i wrote mia stinks because wendy at least and to her credit and she does this frequently wendy at least has the self-awareness that after the fact because in the moment she does tend to escalate a little bit all right mm -hmm. like we saw it last week we see it from time to time. However, what Wendy is good at is after the fact, when she's having discussions either with the same people or with other people being like, hey, I know where I fucked up, and she's able to say it out loud. Is it a little condescending the way she goes about it? Slightly. 
because she's kind of saying like, see, I'm big enough to do this. Are you? It's almost like a challenge to Mia. Like that's how I kind of saw it. But it still is an apology. She goes, I know where I was at fault. I apologize for saying certain things that was out of pocket to say you anything know, about your marriage. She didn't say I apologize. If you really, if you read it back, she said, I can apologize for my part in things. Oh, I can do this. I did not. So she never once said I apologize or I'm sorry. I like that move. So I, I think that's, that's a good move. John I do Hopkins because professor shit. It definitely is. And again, we're still team Wendy. I know for some reason people thought there was some team Mia going on there. No team Mia. Absolutely. We not. were team Wendy last week. Do I think the whole thing was blown out? Yeah, sure. But I do support Wendy coming in and at least just trying to be the bigger person. Showing that Mia is not a big person. She can't be an adult in this situation. She just sits there and scoffs and just has her little side comments to other people. Whatever. Did I think it was funny that Giselle grabbed Mia's chair and started pulling her down? That was yeah, kind of funny. That was pretty funny. But we get such a fun time between the two of them yelling and going back and forth. Maybe not yelling, but you know, discussing back and forth. And obviously we get nowhere. No. And what happens on the other side? Candace looks right at Jacqueline and goes, are you going to jump in and help out your friend? <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, fuck, yeah. fuck you, bitch. Like immediately. It was so fucking, I was dying laughing when that happened. I was like, that was such like an organic moment in yeah, Housewives. That was real. Like nobody likes Jacqueline. She really just is the minion of Mia. And Mia was probably waiting for Jacqueline to get involved. Look, Jacqueline many- got involved earlier. So why wouldn't she do it again? Nope. She's not going to do it this time. Of all of the lackeys that we've seen throughout this past year, she is by far the most like, how can I help you? Like she oh, yeah. is all over Mia all the time. Mia can say anything she wants. Jacqueline would take her side and yep. speak on her behalf. She's in the car. She says five times as her representative after a sentence, because in that moment, she's actually representing Mia. She's mm-hmm. only saying that because she's like, oh, I'm going to try to make this sound funny because, oh, I think I see what they're talking about. Yeah. That's what I think is happening. She's going, fuck, this is a bad look because I am kind of representing her and it's kind of embarrassing. So I'm just going to make that joke real quick. Like, haha, see, I'm the representative. And everyone else in the car is probably like, yeah, you fucking are. Yeah. It's pretty fucking embarrassing. But we end it with, what I cannot imagine sitting at a restaurant and seeing someone break out a fucking like Bluetooth speaker and playing some shade being thrown from an Instagram live post. And we hear Candace go off on seemingly the entire group. We've already touched on it. You know, Candace is the queen of clapback. She's really good at it. She goes too far sometimes. This is an instance where she probably went too far only because of the verbiage, the way that she was saying things. All of the girls in the group, because you know that she's not actually talking about all the girls. She's just heated in that moment. She's going after everybody. But she's pointing that at individuals in the group. But it's going to read as you're coming after everybody. And that's what Robin and Giselle are going to... They're going to latch onto that shit so hard mm-hmm. just because they can. They're not going to read between the lines because they don't have to. They know for a fact when they're hearing that shit, they know who she's talking about. They know it's about them. Yep. They know it's about specific people. Mia but they're going to use this shit for the rest of the fucking season where they're going to be like, see, she doesn't like any of us. See, she talks shit about everybody. This is how Candace is. She's so two-faced. She's this, she's that. Let's not forget, you won't leave her the fuck alone about Chris not doing a fucking thing. He hasn't done anything wrong. You guys won't shut the fuck up. She's at her wit's end, so she goes off on an Instagram post, unfortunately throws her allies under the bus, which hopefully she can come back from that. But this gives fucking Ashley the mess of the season to throw a fucking haymaker in there out of nowhere and be like, well, Karen, by the way, and tells her about the accusations with the blue-eyed man. Yep. So we've gone from 
Candace having her team. We like Team Candace. We like this little crew that's coming together. Ashley's kind of in and out of it, whatever. All of a sudden, opportunistic Ashley just takes this chance to be like, ha-ha, I can get a leg up on somebody. I think she's going after whoever because she's been the brunt of the joke with Michael for so long. that mm-hmm. She's like, I'm going to take you down, I'm going to take you down, and I'm going to take you down, but I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, so I'm just making a mess right now. Yeah, and she really is. And we talk about this all the time where we do feel like some issues get resolved a lot better in a group setting. I think in this situation, if you were maybe back at the house in Miami and everybody sat around, if you then brought up the conversation and said, hey, by the way, Candace, are we going to talk about that Instagram live that you threw everybody under the bus for? That would have been a much better situation. It would have landed better. The fucking Bluetooth speaker, them, you knew that some shit was going to go down because her and Giselle, her being Robin, and Giselle sitting in their room talking about it. She replays it for Giselle. Giselle listens to it. They start scheming. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do to make her look the worst possible that we can make her look? How are we going to twist it so that it sounds like Karen's involved and Wendy's involved? Try to make her lose all of her friends. Like That's what they're doing, and it's so scummy. It's yes. like such a sleazy move. And to do it in the middle of a fucking restaurant. Now, don't get me wrong. I love confrontations and fights in public places. I think it's awesome, and it's such a good staple for housewife shows. This is fucking dumb. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't fun. It's bad, and it's, it's just gross. It's like, it's fucking enough. Candace is stuck because she's like, fuck, what am I supposed to do? She made a good point. She's like, why would you do this now? Why wouldn't you do it later? Do it when we're all just sitting there. Why wouldn't you bring it up? What's up with the fucking speaker? Whatever. The funniest part of that whole thing was Karen looking around like, me? And then Candace stops and she goes, Karen, not you. I love you. Everything you do is great. And I support everything you do. And Karen just goes, okay. She goes, thank you. Sits right back down. She's like, I'm good. We're cool. Whatever. Now, did Candace, Candace did say it. Candace so did say it. That's the Look, problem. Candace said it, and I'm not defending If she that. didn't say it or if she said it in like, and it was a very clear joke that she was referencing the reunion, that's a different story. No, but she, she did. did really say she it. She said it, and she meant it, and, and then she lies. She and lies. Ashley has brought out everything that you've said in that encounter. She was holding on to some other weird thing about her friends and Chris, whatever. She was just waiting for an opportunity to strike. And now that you're going after her, she's pulling out all the yeah, shit that you said. Yeah, don't give her the chance. It's just not smart. It's really dumb. But I, now I don't know. I mean, we got the mid-season trailer right afterwards. It looks awesome. It looks great. Here's my only issue with the episode. The end of the episode. Obviously, they blow up in the van. We don't have to talk about that. That's next yeah. week. When they're kicking in the club, I want to fucking be there. I want to see that. You can't just give me shit all the time. Don't give me them yelling 24-7. If they're finally kikiing and having a good time, let me see. I would have understood if we got like little clips from people's phones in the club, and it's like, oh, okay, maybe they couldn't bring the cameras in. some. We got, yeah, well, the, the, the phone clips were from the Sprinter van afterwards. It looks like the cameras were in there. If the cameras were in there and you don't show that scene, That's then you're annoying. leaning. And we get like in that club scene, you get... Mia and Candace were like having a great time and taking pictures together and pulling their boobs out, apparently. And then you get to flash over to Wendy and Robin mixing it up and nice having pun. a good time. What? You said they're showing their boobs and you said flash over to Wendy. Ah, I didn't mean to do that. That's great. But you get to see Wendy and Robin sitting over there who have been at each other's necks and hate each other. And they're having a good they time. They say, I love you. Yeah. Like, that would be so much fun to see. Nope. I don't want it to just be a blurb that passes, and then you spend six minutes 
from Ashley's phone in a Sprinter van on the way home while Mia's FaceTiming them. Like, that part's dumb. Leave that out. Show me, Show the, club. me the club. Yeah. Show me the club. Show me the club at all times. I want to see the club in Aspen. I want to see the club in Miami. Show me a club in Scottsdale. Show you know me what? a club in Cleveland. I don't care. New motto from the Brav Bros. Show me the club. Show me the club. Show me the club. Oh, yeah. But that brings us to the question portion of the show. We got lost tonight, so let's dive right in. <laughs> I like this one from Sarah Pod. Who's the Schwartz and who's the Sandoval in your relationship? Ooh, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. I feel like we kind of do both. Yeah, we embody multiple traits from both of them. I will say it this way, honestly, and unfortunately for myself, because I do see a lot of Schwartz traits in myself. However, I would probably be more Sandoval and Shooter would probably be more Schwartz. Yeah. If you're going to split it, it's tough to split. I think that we're... We carry multiple traits from both. So. I feel like they're complex guys, too. And we're complex guys. So. <laughs> I don't know if Schwartz is that complex. No, probably not. I'm not calling you not complex. See, but that's what you don't share with yeah, Schwartz. Exactly. I could have been mean there, but yeah, I wasn't. Nice. Dumbass. From Kate Quinzer. Most improved housewife this year. Hmm. That's a toughie. I, I honestly, I think, and we just can't get away from the show, but... I think Sutton took a huge step in Beverly Hills, just not putting her foot in her mouth and not getting into too much shit that's completely unnecessary for her. So I'm going to give her the badge right now. I think that that's a worthy badge, but just to keep it relevant to what we're watching now, I would say Lisa Barlow. Lisa Barlow uh, has done a 180 in my head. Yeah. From Kaylee the Great. Bros, how can I use pro sports to explain to my boyfriend why the housewives are so compelling? This is a two-part answer for you. Okay, the first part, it's very easy. You just go on Cameo, you look us up, you ask us to do it, and we'll do it for you. It's pretty simple. But if you're going to do it, you just tell him, look, these ladies are out here, they're vying for contracts. They're playing for a contract every year. There's no guaranteed money in the Bravo sports world. So you got to perform to get paid. They go at each other. There's a lot of drama. Well put. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought she would have more, but yeah. No. Yeah, no, I, I think I said it absolutely perfectly. I think it was good. Yeah, but just have us do it. From Mikey Vomit, what do you think about Robin Dixon's dumps? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have know. no issue whatsoever. I don't care. Yeah, I don't. Look, I grew up with three little sisters. I'm well aware that girls poop. Yeah. Wow, I took that question very differently. What did you think? I it thought was? he meant boobs. <laughs> <laughs> no poops, you jackass. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> Everybody poops. Oh, my God. And the last one from a witchy library lady. Not a question, but my mom and I love you guys. Well, witchy library lady, we love you too. But that's all I got. You got anything else? No, no, no. I'm good to go. Gearing up for a holiday spectacular. Yeah, we're feeling awful spectacular over here. So make sure that you sign up, get those tickets. They're just 10 bucks. Come hang out with us for an hour moment.co slash brav bros other than that brav bros are out of here see you next week bye